Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You got to kid me! Now don't do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Extra 106.3, Atlantis Sports and Talk. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3, live from Cobb County. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, and Chris Colwell here with you every week. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us as we talk all things wrestling. Now, while Adam is on his way in from actually doing work, good for him, uh, myself and Chris Colwell, who is uh, present. Thank you. We are here this week, and we have a huge show for you today because we got tons of fun to talk about as we had a jewel drop in our lap break earlier today. I don't even know the best way to describe it. So we're going to do things just a little bit different here today, Chris. We're going to go over the top rope a little bit early because, well, frankly, the past couple of shows have been total garbage. I mean, have they really been? I think they've been some of our best work. No. 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 All like, I can tell you... you is I just made my entrance. I'm already gassed. I don't know if I'm ready to go over the top. Oh, good grief. I'm like the ultimate warrior when he runs out and he's already out of juice before the and bell actually we rings. we are two minutes in and Chris gives an ultimate warrior. Re- he's already winded. Good Lord. <laughs> well, look, we had break today, earlier today, for you guys who haven't seen it yet. Adam Cole, as he is getting ready to make his debut up on the main Baby. roster... He stopped by the Pat McAfee show. Now, Pat McAfee, he hosts a, a show. He's a sports analyst, former punter from uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Pat McAfee, for you guys who don't listen to his show, when he's on his show, he kind of likes to take jabs, kind of likes to needle you a little bit. And, you know, honestly, as you guys hear, we're going to air, we're going to play basically the segment for you guys because I think it's worth it. It'll have a little bit of value and we're going to break this down a little bit because as Adam Cole got there, he sat down with Pat McAfee and I'm looking forward to hearing the entire interview. It hasn't been released yet because I'm intrigued to see as this whole thing took place, was Pat McAfee really just being an out and out jerk to him and was able to act or by the end of this, Will we all think it's a work? Chris, what's your presumption right now from the clip that you've well, seen? Well, I will tell you this. I actually managed to stumble upon the entire show earlier. So I caught a good part of the early part of the interview before it starts kind of falling apart on us here. And it was just a pretty civil interview to me at well, that point. if you would have pulled it, it would have helped us. Well, I'm so sorry. It just was a quick little snippet that I was listening to in kind of bites on my lunch break. Yeah, if you would have, so like, sorry. emailed it over, you know what I mean? I mean, I at least got you a show sheet. I hey, I really appreciate you doing that. We hadn't had a show sheet in weeks. I at least, well, oh no, 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 no! Three weeks ago, we had a show sheet, and you threw it in the trash. And obviously, because you couldn't handle it in Audible. <sighs> you, you know what? We're not going there. We're not going there. Either way, with this interview, I think uh, we'll let the listeners decide for themselves as they listen. Well, but... I, here as it started out. Basically, it gets to a point where Pat McAfee is sitting there. He's talking with Adam Cole. And Pat McAfee has even shared on his Twitter account where he reached out to Adam Cole to have him come in and do the show with him. 
And as Colwell said, it started off, it seemed like it went a little, was just kind of a normal interview, a little lighthearted interview, and this transpired. People say, you surrounded yourself, which is very smart, and they might have done it for you, with people that were also very, very talented, maybe even more talented than you, and then the Undisputed Era kind of got a chance to take I, off. I know, I know that you're just trying to do your job, and that's fine. I, I took some time out of visiting my family to come and do your show, but you're being a total d- right now. Me. And I find it so ironic. Me. That of all people to say that I surrounded myself with really great talent, and that's the reason I succeeded. Of all people, you... What a punter. Whoa. You being on a team that literally did everything. You just happened to kick a football every now and then, and, and all of a sudden you feel like you're really, really important. Of all people to say that to me, that I surround myself with super talented people, and that's the only reason that I was successful. Whoa, you're whoa, a psycho. Whoa, whoa. We didn't say Jesus. only reason. Uh-oh. We said it's main reason. What and what he's talking about, Pat McAfee, punter for the Indianapolis Colts, won, won the Super Bowl championship 2014 and 16 with the Colts. Now, I mean, obviously, and Chris, I don't know if you've ever run into this, but how do I want to say this? Football, Pro football players, pro basketball players, there are some people who look at pro wrestlers and say they're not real athletes. They're not, yeah, they're not real athletes in so many words. Do you think Pat McAfee was trying to go down that road with Adam Cole? I think Pat McAfee likes to stir the crap, if you will, and... Poo-poo. We say poo-poo I'm on sorry, show. yes. He, want, he wants to stir. He wants to bring out the poop. Let's just bring it. No, no. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. Whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it poop, okay? Wait till so, you have a kid. It'll be poo-poo. Uh, it's <laughs> going to be. gets here. It's going to be a lot of things and probably some things that shouldn't be said on this airway. I'm going to tell you that. When the kid gets here, you'll say poo-poo. <laughs> Trust me. It'll be poo-poo. You don't yeah. want your kid going to daycare talking about, Miss Nancy, I got a crap. <laughs> Uh, either way, I mean, I think McAfee's just—he's probably in his time of doing his show, which I've never watched it or listened to it before. I mean, not saying it's not a good show, but it's just not something that I've seeked out until today. And clearly, he—you know what—he's going to stir their their poo poo, if you will. Poo poo. And I mean, it kind of started. You know, he started that clip where they're kind of getting into it about. Adam Cole surrounding himself with the Undisputed Era, and actually started maybe a few minutes before that when he makes this comment that, you know, a lot of people compare Adam Cole to Shawn Michaels, but that, you know, and Pat said it himself directly to Cole, let's be honest, Adam, you're probably not even close to his level right now. Well, he not even said, not only said he's not even close to his level, he kind of said something that kind of offended Adam Cole just a little bit more. And since you just kind of took a little jab there at my profession. Jab, that I you've been that. taking jabs at me this whole show. No. 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 I was the player of the decade at my position in the NFL, I, being a punter. So although I was surrounded by good people, it was just me and a ball. And, and Pat, guess what? I was the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. And guess who did that all by themselves? Oh. That's right, me. Did it all by myself. No, don't believe that. We've watched the takeovers, Adam. The Undisputed Era is the main reason why you've succeeded. But by the way, smart. That's good business. Hey, that's business, baby. That's very smart. And especially for you, because, you know, you're kind of (laughs) small. We're going to go with the size thing now. Seriously, I'm sick of your shit. I come the whole way here, take time away from my family to come to do your stupid show. And you're going to continue to disrespect me. Don't touch me. Yeah, that's needless to say. You never it want got out of hand. You never want an interview to go that way. And that was just a horrible direction for it to end up in. Now, as they went through this interview and they went through this portion, I mean, obviously, Adam Cole gets up. 
It goes a few seconds longer, but I don't ris- I don't want to risk my job with some of the language that was used. <laughs> Let's just be brutally honest here. Yep. But at that point in time, Adam Cole, he even shoves one of the producers for Pat McAfee's show, gives him a shove, they go off, and I've seen mixed reviews. There are some people who said the entire thing is a work, which would be great, as Adam Cole gets up maybe getting ready to head to the up to the main roster, whether it be Raw or SmackDown, and we'll talk about what they'll be going on there shortly to Raw or SmackDown, he could get a little real heat and continue that heel. Or could this really be real? And, you know, maybe they need to step in the squared circle and squeeze some things out for real, Chris. I mean, (laughs) well, Pat McAfee is associated with WWE, so maybe he wants to get in. You know, he says it himself in the interview because he talks about how he understands the bumps because he bought a wrestling ring and, had somebody train him a little bit on the side, and Adam Cole thought that was freaking hilarious. But, I mean, maybe that's possible. To me, it's definitely a work. I mean, yeah, it's just it, it, those shots were so deliberate and just like, I don't know. It's just, if, if you got to be in moron as an interviewer, which, I mean, I've never met Pat, so I don't know. But, look, you've got to be an idiot for your inter- to directly – Roger uh, guest to that level that he did and it was to me it was almost like somebody sitting out like on Miz TV or something purposely going that road because you are trying to create something that is for storyline drama purposes I like it because I actually think it might be a work as well and the reason I say that is what we what have we seen in the WWE where have they taken the battles as of late social media We've seen Becky and Bailey and Sasha and as recently as Bailey even calling out Stephanie McMahon. So we've seen these things happen before. So I wouldn't be wouldn't be too far fetched to say, you know what, the whole thing would be a work. It's a different angle to take. It's somebody who's a friend of WWE who would have an interest in saying, you know what? I'm interested in being a part of this and going down with this. So this is great. This is the perfect place to do it. And I think that's exactly what we could be looking at. But no matter what it is, it's actually pretty cool. Well, I mean, it's got a lot of people talking, obviously. It's the buzz of the wrestling world. And, I mean, I definitely don't think it's a shoot, although, you know, I talked to some folks at, uh, at uh, my other job today, and they all had their different opinions. And they, they, there was one in particular that was on the other side of that that did believe it was a shoot. And their whole reasoning was, look at it. He's cussing left and right, dropping F-bombs all throughout this interview at the end of it. And surely that's not a look that WWE in their current state wants for any of their superstars, especially somebody who's very likely to be called up to the main roster to Raw or SmackDown here very, very soon. So any way you look at it, it's probably not good. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I also don't think that we're headed towards a match between Adam Cole and Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I don't think we're headed towards Jay Leno taking on Hollywood Hogan by no stretch of the word. Hey, great match. (laughs) Well, you know, you did have DDP. And you had Hogan in there. Forget Bischoff and Leno. It was, great no, t- it was entertaining. Oh, well, well, revision is history. Let's just rewrite history. What's Let's that? also put out there, you know what? Braun Strowman being tag team champions, neglect the fact that there was a 13-year-old there. He was a great tag team hey, champion. Hey, Braun Strowman didn't want a partner, so they made him have a partner. He doesn't like anybody. Nobody likes him. Why would he team with anybody? Revision. It's easy to write revisionist history. Well, WWE we, does it all the time. Why can't I? Well, <laughs> how much are you worth? You're not worth what the WWE is worth. When was the last time you had? I don't had, know. Their worth has kind of gone down the last few months. When but was the last it, time you had not one but two failed football team football <laughs> leagues? You know what? In Vince's defense, this last time wasn't his fault. First time, yes. No, it 
kind of was. No, I mean they yes, they were was. they weren't the failing. Fact, the fact that he actually yes they were failing. They were not making money. The XFL was, and it's what any business would run into. It's first year in business. It's not going to make any money. So unfortunately, yes, due to COVID nineteen, it kind of sped up the process. But yeah, they were failing because the next thing they were running into was they weren't making revenue. They didn't have any merchandise. They didn't have a. They didn't have their own stadium where they could complete keep the 100% of the ticket sales, so they still had to pay for concessions, so they weren't making money that way. But back to Adam Cole, baby. I'm going to be intrigued to see where this goes because ultimately with so many other wrestlers that have very successful podcasts out there, with so many other uh, wrestling producers involved as well, Adam Cole has another outlet that he can go to or he can come right here to the finishing move. If he wants to, Adam Cole, 404-741-1230, you're more than welcome to come on, talk about this, don't curse. And you can shove Chris if you want to. Well, no, no, no. Now, if he shows up ahead of time, if, if he would like to show up to our studios, we'll make sure we social distance, give him plenty of space. But if he wants to come on beforehand, before we do a live show, we can record it. And guess what? He can say whatever he wants, and you'll just do the nice editing work. I love how you that. just gave me extra work. Well, you I, know what? I tell you what. If he shows up to do our <laughs> show. you gave me extra work. I, if he shows up to do I'm our bummed. show, I will do the edit on it. Bummed. How about that? gave me extra work. I John, just took it back it. from you. <laughs> I just took it back from you. Either way, where it goes, Adam Cole, you're always welcome here, and it'd be great to have you on. And I'm intrigued to see where this goes. Whether it's a work or whether it's real, I'm intrigued to see where it goes because, it, like I said, it gives a great story, a great angle, and WWE could use that because... Because reports are coming out that due to the ratings of both Raw and SmackDown, the Fox Network and the USA Network are not pleased with the way that WWE is handling their shows. And, I mean, well, let's just face it. Can you blame them? No. I mean, the shows haven't been great. And I had the conversation with somebody the other day about this. I think it was actually on Twitter. Me and me and intern David there on uh, on Twitter over the last couple of days. Which, by the way, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at Bearded Colwell. The name has not changed. It has remained the same. It has lasted longer than what was the milestone we got to last week with Strowman and Strowman and uh, uh, Drew McIntyre's reigns were at 100 days nah, since I WrestleMania. I, I've probably had 200-plus days as Bearded Colwell, and it's not changing. Yes, that's where you can reach me. But we had the conversation on Twitter. You can check us out there and at Russell Extra. Uh, we... Uh, Look, the conversation kind of went to the biggest problem for me for Raw SmackDown right now. It may actually be network, partially the network's fault, because I think part of the deal when they signed on with Fox and USA is both. Well, they were already with USA, but they signed on with Fox. Both networks kind of wanted their own rosters, right? Correct. Which created the need for the brand extension. But right now, the roster on both shows are so thin because you've got several folks that are either staying at home or they... They may have tested positive, or for whatever reason, you just don't have the same allotment of talent on either show. They really could stand to have the the rosters temporarily, if nothing else, until COVID's over, merged and have superstars on both shows. That, to me, is the biggest weakness. Is you just you have a thinned out roster, and there's just not enough to that's engage a, the viewers. That's a weak excuse. You think so? Yes, because the fact that the lower roster of NXT can put on better stories and better matches with but lesser... But not better ratings. ...with lesser talent. And keep in mind, right now, this is the prime opportunity where at least with NXT, they're going up another against another major event, AEW's Dynamite. What is SmackDown going up against? 
What is Raw going up against? And by the way, it's not going to get easier because today is the start of Major League Baseball, and now they actually have competition that they're going to have to go up against. Those ratings are going to drop even more. It just shows how important having producers and a team that get it. When you look at AE, um, um, excuse me, when you look at NXT right now, I can tell you two differences that you can look at immediately. You look at Keith Lee, who is now who was both a two strap champion there, and then now who's actually going for uh, the North American title. Uh, what's his name? Reed Bronson Reed Bronson Reed. These are guys that Vince would have never picked to have been champions. Why? Because they don't look like the Vince-type guys. These guys, I'm not saying, look at them. They have barrel chest. Do we? Yeah, actually- but Keith Lee's a big, hulking dude. I think he would support a Keith Lee. And he's, Look, just because they're not ripped, there's been times over the years where Vince McMahon has pushed people who were not necessarily— No, 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 no. Other producers have pushed them. Vince had to go with it. Vince didn't push Umaga? them. Umaga? And Umaga was not a Vince push. That was not a Vince push ver- from Umaga. That was not. Go back and research that one. That was that not. That was a hard push if it wasn't a Vince push. That was not an, a Vince McMahon push. But he would. Keith Lee, that neither one of them looked like anyone that Vince would put, in particularly in a time like this, in major programs for very long. You're seeing different style of wrestlers. And I say all of that to say, when you have a team that actually gives proper talent and uses them properly, you'll see the results and you'll see the fruition of it. And that's what I think we're running into. As well as we continue over the top rope, Colwell, would you be interested in seeing a woman in a thong come back out in wrestling? I'm going to have to be careful how I answer this. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I was really waiting to see yeah, if you were going to answer what? quickly. I'm just going to be silent on this one. So you go <laughs> ahead. WWE Hall of Famer Lita that she'd be interested in returning to the WWE. Do you think she has a few more moonsaults left in her? She might, but when's the last time she wrestled where you actually saw her thong? Uh, actually, it's kind of built into the singlet that she wears underneath. Where it co- If you look at it closely, it's built into her, her uh, attire that she wears. But that remember, okay. that was actually her... You never answered the question, but also remember, that was kind of her key feature, was she was one of the first few that first women wrestlers to display undergarments. Before we got brawn panties matches. That's what got her noticed, but then her doing all the... No, her athletic talent got her noticed. Her athletics, notice. yeah. Well, the, that was just another thing to put her kind of over the top as... Uh, I mean, we knew Ocho Rios wasn't going anywhere, but you knew Lita had... I'm sorry, who? You don't remember Ocho Rios? S.A. Rios? Him, that's how good he was. <laughs> I don't need to remember his name. He didn't Mr. Aguila from uh, AAA and some of the other Mexican uh, promotions? I don't need to remember him. He wasn't that good. <laughs> so would you be interested in seeing Lita make a return? Did you have an answer to my question? I will answer the fact that I would love to see Lita come back. She was uh, fantastic in her day. I mean, I don't want to see her all the time. I'm with you, John. All you know, seeing the uh, the, the full the part timers be major players in 2020 just does not make sense. But a one-off here or there, I don't have a problem with that, especially if they ever get around to giving us Evolution 2, which it's been kind of rumored for a long time that they would do a second women's-only pay-per-view. I'd love to see her. Uh, I don't know who comes to mind that would be a good opponent for her, maybe like an Io Shirai or somebody who can do some of that high-flying stuff that she could, but I'm all for it. Is she needed, though? And that's the question. When you talk about yes. another evolution, I'm looking at so many women on the WWE's roster, whether you go SmackDown, Raw, NXT – there's some talented women that are there that I don't know. Do you need to add another noted name? You do, and here's why. Look, there's a lot of talent. We and we do acknowledge that, but 
we look at the, the women's division, especially with Raw and SmackDown, and I think we've all acknowledged that they're not the best that they've been because of, you know, you've lost Becky Lynch. Uh, she's gone off to uh, have her child. And, uh, I mean, Shayna Baszler just now appeared again. She disappeared for a while. You've got a, some whole gaping hole Charlotte's out. And but, so you, say- you have a clear depth issue in the women's division that part of the problem with that isn't because these other women wrestlers that are on the brand aren't good. It's because nobody really cares about them yet. And that's where someone like Lita comes in there. You don't feud her with, you know, the top Raw or SmackDown women's wrestler. You give her somebody that's underneath that needs the rub. That's how you make her useful in this time. But you're saying this is under the pretense of COVID-19. Lita could not return till we have all rosters are 100 back to full to full strength. And now at that point in time, who do you bury? Because what what have they? You been don't doing? bury anybody. You're gonna. Who have said Lita to. has to win? You're going to have to. Who said Lita has to win? You have to build up Lita. The same way that you have to build up Randy Orton. You had Who did Randy Orton job out to? No one. Are we talking about, well, that's because Randy Orton is still a major player in WWE. You, you're going to have to build her back up. I don't think you are. I, it's just like when Trish came back, what, last summer to have the match with Charlotte? Did you have to build Trish back up? No. A one-off match. We're that's talking, what I'm saying. A one-off big matchup. But Lita Lita's saying coming back, full, coming back full time. You're changing the narrative so it adapts to your I don't, story. I don't be- uh. if, we, if we're going to adapt the world to make it work for our narrative. <laughs> you know, see, I think you might have negated to mention that in your I presentation. I said she was, oh my. You, <laughs> I said it right time, there. it doesn't make any sense. No, there's no reason to bring her back full time, nor does she need to come back full time. She wants to. Well, look, Edge didn't let need her, to then come Let back. her go to another company. That ain't going to happen. She still works for him. She's still under contract as I a mean, trainer. I'm sure that WWE, in their cost-cutting mode that they've been in this year because of COVID, probably wouldn't cry if she was like, can you please let me out of my contract? Oh, no. I think they would. I don't think they would. I don't think the WWE wants to see someone of a name like Alita. It's one thing if you're letting Heath, Led- Heath Slater go. I almost said Heath Ledger. Yes, I R.I.P. did. But it's one thing you're letting Heath Slater go. It's a whole other thing when you're having Alita show up someplace else. Get his name right. It's just Heath now, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I can see that more with Trish than I can Lita because, you know, Lita was huge, but I think Trish ended up surpassing her. They would never let Trish go anywhere else. But Lita, I don't know. It's possible. I highly doubt that. Well, coming up, apologies are in order. Some of them will need to be handed out because some people have wasted our time. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Big John Radcliffe, Chris Colwell. I think we might have Adam Gillespie today. I'm not 100% sure of that, but we'll see what will happen. But you're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling. On Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the finishing move on Extra 106.3. Big John Radcliffe along with Chris Colwell talking all things wrestling. And this weekend we had two pay-per-views take place. And there are some apologies that are just out and out due and they have to come out. Oh, do you tell. Well, the first one, it's for me. Oh. Because I didn't think Slammiversary would be that good. And Slammiversary was actually the better pay-per-view this weekend. How about that? I tuned in to Slammiversary. I enjoyed it, and I don't wait. Wanna... So you found Impact Wrestling somewhere? I can't tell you how I got it because it might be illegal. 
and because we're, you know, I don't know how many people are listening. And if you are listening, don't hesitate to call in 404-741-1230. Or you can reach me at JohnRad450. You can meet, you can reach out to Chris at the Bearded Board Op. At Bearded Colwell. At Bearded Colwell. Sorry. Uh, on Twitter and social media. Uh but I can't tell you how I found it because it might be illegal, and frankly, I just don't feel like paying a fine and or going to jail. But I did watch it. I didn't hear you say anything, so please proceed. So with that being said, it was the better one. And I don't. And at first, I honestly had to go back and watch it again because I wanted to be fair. I didn't want it to think because WWE's was so bad that that's what made AEW's better. No, I actually just enjoyed it more. As a matter of fact, the match of the night, and I hope I get her name right, it was uh, for the knockout of uh, knockout championship. Jordan Grace taking on Deanna Perrazzo. You got it right. Good job. That was the match of the night for me, and I, one of it. One of the reason it was. I'm a Jordan Grace fan. I watched film on her. I just and I know that sounds. What are you weird. a scout? I'm sorry. <laughs> I take my job very seriously, and I want to understand the matches that transpire. Hey, I appreciate that. So I, I'm sorry, you and. Road dog who couldn't even couldn't even <laughs> join us. I take my job very seriously. Thank you very much. But yeah, oh, Doctor Fauci, no, you saw that too, huh? Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, I'm gonna so reserve sorry. reserve all jokes for off the air. No, I'm saying mine now. I'm so sorry. So as we're sitting here in the studio, let's be honest. It is the opening night of baseball. Baseball <laughs> is back. The Yankees are taking are currently up two to one on the Washington Nationals. But who was throwing out pitch? He's made tons of news lately due to COVID-19. It is Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci was aiming for someone in Section 417, which is slightly to the left of the home plate. Let's be honest. There's only one other you know, first pitch I've ever seen worse than that. 50 Cent? 50 Cent. <laughs> 50 Cent. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever going to outdo that one yeah that was awful they did the replay of it here and i apologize that it i looked up it caught me off guard and that's why i had to give it oh no i thought rick Ankill was throwing like a fastball over everybody oh no they should have let that poor man take about (laughs) 25 steps forward he was at the mound and that ball wasn't making it there but as i digress but that was the match of the night for me i thoroughly enjoyed it as jordan grace she unfortunately lost her knockout championship title but we got a new champion I liked her as a champion. I liked I liked what she carried. I liked the athleticism of her, and she's been she was a favorite of mine. She is a favorite. I enjoy watching her. But several matches of the night that night was the match of the night for me. Well, and Jordan Grace has has been a, a really good part of the knockouts division, which I really wish they would change the name of that because I mean now I they're it. the only one with the the knockout knockout feminizing defeminizing or. I don't know. Womanizing. That's the word I'm looking for. Excuse me. Womanizing the name. Yes. It, it's kind of misogynistic. I, I agree with you. I hate I hate that. Now, I hated it less than the divas because at least, you know, you could make some connection to. All right. These these girls go out and actually fight because they knockouts. will knock you out. But it's, it's 2020. Everybody else is. You have a women's division. Rename the title to it's the impact women's championship and just move on. But. Yeah, no, Jordan Grace has been fantastic, and I've been a fan of hers for a while. Deanna Perrazzo, seen her many times in NXT. She's great talent, and just in the short interaction I saw with those two over the last few weeks on Impact Wrestling, uh, on Access TV, you can find it there, plus on uh, Twitch if you're trying to find the weekly show. Uh, that's mainly for my co-host pre- here. I don't appreciate you calling me out on Twitter. <laughs> I'll tell you right, right here, right now, hey, buddy. 
Ah, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to get some publicity even at the expense of your co-host. Do we really want to go down that road? Yeah, I don't know. Do we? You forget. I know where the files for the audio fun bag exist, Uh, as well as your files that are here. So while you are at your (laughs) other job, those things can be aired here. Yeah, that's very, very true. But, uh, yeah, no, Impact had a great show. Slammiversary, you know, it's still... Unfortunately for them, they they don't have any kind of uh, fan quote unquote participation uh, going on with their shows just yet. So it's very much like WrestleMania was, but it in a similar situation. If I found it very helpful to just not listen to the actual audio of a wrestling show with no crowd, and it actually helps enhance it. So that would have been a way for a lot of fans that See, maybe struggled. You laughed with that. at me before when I said. Not having play-by-play, not having anything there, and just watching it. Oh, that's what I did for WrestleMania. You laughed at me when I said, oh, how could you have watched that? I, are you sure you're talking about me or you're yeah. talking about Road Dog? Because I was the one that you sat there and watched day two of WrestleMania on my computer muted while my wife watched something else on TV, and I watched it just fine. Well, that wasn't by your choice. That was because your wife would No, punch. she would have been perfectly fine with letting me watch it because really? it's one time no, a week. She would have set you straight, young man. I know I've been married longer than you and I know how these things work. I'm pretty sure Bailey's wasn't Bailey's match tonight too. She's a big Bailey fan, so she probably would have wanted to watch that. So she but, her and the baby would have came off the top of the couch with a baby's <laughs> elbow and taken you out. Oh man. But maybe, maybe. Did you get a chance to take in uh, Slammiversary? I got to see of uh, several of the highlights. I did not get a chance to watch it. We actually had our baby shower on Saturday, so I was a little preoccupied. Um, but I did, unfortunately, get to watch the quote-unquote horror show at Extreme Rules. And, and we'll talk about that one shortly because something <laughs> stood out to me about Slammiversary. Okay, go ahead. Evidently, Impact Wrestling has money. Yeah, well, I was <laughs> thinking the same the thing. Yeah. That we've seen the Good Brothers. We've seen the return of the Motor City Machine Guns, who yep. have now become Impact Wrestling champions. We've seen Heath. We've seen EC3. We've seen. I mean, evidently they have money. I have a theory. Who's bankrolling well, them. Well, you got to remember too. They fired Joey Ryan, uh, one of the Chris brothers. You lost Michael Elgin, Tessa Blanchard. They let go of several people because of various reasons, whether it was the speaking out movement or, well, Tessa Blanchard just not doing her dadgum job, but. I mean, so they had a little bit of money to replace, basically replace those contracts. But here's a theory I have. I mean, we both went to the uh, Impact Wrestling tapings over here at the Roxy, and it was pretty okay turnout, I guess. But, you know, you wonder how many of those were bought tickets. Maybe they're actually doing okay money-wise because they're not running live events that they're not making money from. That could be the other thing. I mean, we even saw the return of Eric Young to Impact Wrestling. And even, speaking of Tessa Blanchard, which... We need to come up with, I guess we'll call her the heel of the show. And she gets the heel of the show for me. The fact that Impact Wrestling had to go out and buy a new championship belt because she it's rumored that she didn't return the championship title back to them, that's horrible. What, is this not like the uh, 90s when Ric Flair had a $75,000 deposit that he had to put like his money in? I guess. That's why we got to bring the belt on the WWF programming. All the reports that I've read, she didn't mail the she didn't actually mail the title back as she had to relinquish the uh, Impact Wrestling Championship. What's shipping rates from Mexico right now? I don't know. I mean, maybe that's why. Maybe it was too expensive for her to send back. Google the computer, Francesa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she could, but she could have sent it back. That was horrible. And we even saw a friend of the show, Moose. He displayed his new title, which everyone has reported that uh, he took the traditional black strap and changed it over. 
Uh, so that was one apology that was due. The other one, Colwell, should have apologized to me for calling me out on Twitter, but that's fine. I would like to formally apologize to my tag team partner, co-host, for calling him out on Twitter. That doesn't seem Even sincere. if it got the attention of WrestleZone. That doesn't seem very sincere. Uh, <laughs> but another apology is due. And WWE, you owe us all an apology for the, for the horror show at Extreme Rules. I, okay, let's just start. Let, let, let's get this one out of the way. The eye for an eye match. Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Good job. A for effort. I got to give them that. They went A for effort. I thought it would have, I honestly thought it would have been like a gumball or something that would have went flying over the plexiglass. But that's all I can give them. Here's the A I give them, and it's only to Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Before you actually got to the point where you actually had to quote unquote take the eye out, it was actually a really good wrestling match. That's the only A they get. This is one of the stupidest match stipulations they've ever had. And I have to ask, do why does WWE creative or uncreative, if you will? See, now everybody understands why I say that. Everybody, I, oh, that's mean, Big John. No, why do they hate both Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio? Uh, well. Rey Mysterio, because he is currently in a contract, and now I guess he's negotiating his new contract. And Seth Rollins, because he impregnated Becky Lynch, so ultimately... <laughs> had, I didn't think about that. They That's had nowhere really to go. No. So it was kind of like, you know what? This is kind of like uh, the, uh, what is it? The curtain call at Madison Square Garden. Ah, so yes. you know what, Seth? You're now Triple H in this whole scenario. Oh. You have to be punished yes. because you... Because now you pulled the curtain back and Becky's gone for a while and we don't really have a plan on what to do with the women's title. So we're just going to, you will be punished for this. You didn't cover up, so now you're paying for it. And that's basically the only conclusion that I've come to. (laughs) I've thought the exact same thing. You know why I asked that question? Because this ain't the first time that they've put either one of these two in a no-win situation in a really dumb match situation. Seth Rollins, if we'll recall, rewind back to last year, the Hell in a Cell match with The Fiend that ended in a disqualification. Yep. Rey Mysterio, you're going to have to go back further on this one, kids. Go to the WWE Network. SummerSlam 2005. A kid's custody ladder match with Eddie Guerrero for the mm-hmm. custody of Dominic, Dominic, of all people. Why do they hate these two? I, I, that, I got nothing <laughs> else. I just know why of recently why they do those stupid things. All right, to the next one. The Wyatt Swamp Fight, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt, and who now Sister Abigail seems to be Sister Alexa Bliss, which I love some of the theories that have come out of this, that Sister Abigail is an aberration, and she's the deepest, darkest fantasy of Braun Strowman coming to fruition that I love the theatrics of the whole thing. I hate that that match didn't have anything on the line for it, so I didn't really feel a need to watch it. Because I know it's not the end for either one of them. It was just kind of, I'm watching it because I should watch it. But yeah, no. My thing with it was, I know it, it was kept kind of short overall. And I know it took them a long time to film it. The whole pay-per-view was short. Yeah, well, and they've been doing that ever since WrestleMania for good reason. Because, let's be honest, you don't have the big, lively crowds anymore. So, you know, the three to four hour pay-per-views that they were having during the year. This is not even considering WrestleMania, which was like five hours they would be even longer than they were already, but I think for this that, whole thing was about two hours and I, I it's it about broke, two and a half hours. I, I don't even think it broke two thirty. It might not have, and that was perfectly fine with me because you know I got to go to bed and get up the next day, so that's fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. But 
the match itself, like, I didn't like the psychedelic part of the match with John Cena at WrestleMania was interesting, but it was also like, what did I just watch? And I felt a lot of that with this match, too, and it felt like you went to that well again too soon. That's the one thing about the cinematic match is that unless you're going to do something different, it's going to feel after a minute like, okay, I've already seen one of these with with Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. Do I really want to see another one? And I would have been, you know, instead of them kind of doing the whole, oh, you know, we're going to get inside the mind of Braun Strowman, an actual fight in the swamp would have been more interesting to me. I think them going to that whole mind game thing, just like they did with John Cena at WrestleMania, was just, you know, it's been, what, three or four months? We're seeing it all over again. Yeah, I think they went to the well one too many times on this, not to steal a slogan from uh, any WWE announcer. Uh, I got to throw the third one out there. Oh, there's a third one? Yes. Oh, interesting. Sasha Banks taking on Oscar. <laughs> okay. Now, part of this apology needs to come with, if you're going to sell an angle, for those of you who don't know, spoiler alert, you should have seen it by now. Sasha Banks, I'm using the big finger quotes, won the Raw Women's Championship. That's because Bailey stole the referee shirt, counted, and Sasha thinks she's won it. If you were supposed to believe that Sasha's the new champion, WWE, you do details too well sometimes. The side plate on your championships, they now carry the superstar and the champion's logo on it. Well, when she comes out to Raw, it still has Asuka's logo on it. So you're expecting me to believe this, and you're not covering all the little details. Oh, by the way, everybody, this isn't 99, where you just knock out the ref, take the shirt, one, two, three, and you just, no, it doesn't work like that anymore. You mean like Paul Heyman counted the fall and John Cena when RVD won the title back at One Night Stand 2? Uh, you mean like The Rock did on multiple occasions where when Triple H had knocked out the ref, taking the shirt, counted for, I mean, come it on. It doesn't matter if The Rock counts to three. You owe me. They owe us apologies, Chris. I want they, apologies. They do. Well, look, I don't know that they expected anybody to actually buy Sasha Banks' win. I think that's probably why they didn't change the plates because you went out of it thinking, okay, this isn't – even the announcers were selling it. This is not legitimate. Sasha just no, – Sasha didn't win the title. That was – she basically stole it. So, of course, she's not going to get side plates. That comes from the company. But – Shouldn't to, management have been watching then? Shouldn't management have been paying attention to the programming that was on? And then they could have came out in the middle. No chance. Hey, that is what you got. This they're is probably not in Stanford, Connecticut. They're oh. probably not physically there. Doesn't a Zoom call take a couple of seconds? Ah, uh, you know. You... <sighs> Where's that laptop computer that was once the commissioner? <laughs> Where's Hornswoggle under the <laughs> ring again? <laughs> that laptop? Technology has improved far and away. They could have gotten a new laptop out there. to. I mean, something had to have been done. Well, somebody should be appointed. Like, if you're not going to have an actual – we don't want a GM, but there should be, like, an official of some a sort. governing body? That somebody that's a representative that could be there at every show. I don't know. I, obviously, they probably wanted that to carry over to Raw, so people would be like, hey, wonder what's going to happen with that. Oh, there's no telling. They'll probably end up having to have a unification match or some match. No, that was pretty obvious. But my biggest complaint with that, the match itself was great, and you ruined it with a really bogus finish, a non-finish that, you know, they did the whole thing where Sasha walks off with the belt claiming that she's champion. When earlier in the night, MVP comes out, that's another claims one you owe himself me for an U.S. For. title. All right, well, you were uh, were you going on to that from there? Oh, trust me. Okay, I told you, you know what? I want all of my. I want apologies. I want people to. I want formal letters. <laughs> I want these things in writing. Look, I am owed something. 
And I am not a person who believes I am owed anything. But after that is two and two hours, let's just call it two and a half hours of my life, I will never get back. And one day when I'm I'm dead and gone, I'm going to have to answer to this. And WWE, I want some apologies. That's the other thing. So let's rewind the tape a little bit here, first of all, before we go on to that. You're exactly right. We saw that craziness. We also saw Apollo Crews was supposed to take on MVP for the United States champions. I understand HIPAA laws, so we can't say anything like that. It's reports that Apollo Crews has come down with COVID-19. Then why book the match? Why even bother booking the match? Don't even put it there. You could have wasted you wasted my time. MVP walks out. I am the champion. I'm, you didn't fight anybody. You went and made a belt. You didn't fight anybody. I am owed apologies, and I got more apologies to come. But what did you think of MVP crowning himself champion? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, when they did that earlier in the night, it didn't bother me because obviously that match had been thrown out. I think the Raw or the the storyline time before the pay-per-view had been recorded well in advance to probably him testing positive. So they probably – I mean, who knows when he actually tested positive. It could have been the day before the pay-per-view, and maybe they just decided to leave it on there because, let's be honest – were you watching Extreme Rules for Apollo Crews versus MVP? Let me let me put this in a little bit of a different perspective. Okay, here. Chris, how do you feel about uh, Stanford, Connecticut? Because <sighs> this is the second pay per view. Remember, Money in the Bank with that poor editing job that they did with Stephanie McMahon talking to <sighs> to Dana Brooks. You're on the wrong table, and you've taken the conference table. You're you're a fi- you do a fine job at video editing. You do a great job at editing. How do you feel about moving? You could have edited it. You could have fixed that. How did? How did you? How does Mrs. Colwell feel? I mean, Connecticut's winters suck. I'm going to be honest with you, but I'm pretty sure WWE would pay you pretty well. I, I want an apologies for you because they could have hired you to do it. I don't want to put myself out on that line there because you know I hear it's a very stressful environment up there in Stanford, Connecticut. So I don't know that I want to spend my time up there. Plus. I mean, I'm not a guy that likes the cold, so that's not happening. But, no, I'm, I'm with you. You could have easily done that. Obviously, they decided they wanted to do a storyline angle of that to, to, you know, make MVP think he's the U.S. champion or at least go that route. See, but to me, it was like, okay, you're playing a storyline here where he's going to claim to be the champion by forfeit. That's going to be what you do. Okay, you're doing that with one title. But then to turn around later in the show, take again. a match that happened on the card that – should have had a finish, give it a non-finish, and then run the same angle. Really? And not just like, we can't even give them a pass on, oh, well, you did one on Raw and one on SmackDown. No, nope. both of them are Raw. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I told you, I want apologies. I, I want another oh. apology. Oh, another one. When did Kevin Owens become pre-show? Uh... Him and Buddy Murphy? And now you put Kevin Owens, who arguably could easily be a fan favorite. He could be a great heel. He could be a great face. And now he's a pre-show. You know, he. let's be honest, he hasn't really done anything since WrestleMania. He had his big WrestleMania match there, beat Seth Rollins, the big moment where he jumped off the WrestleMania sign. And he really hasn't done anything. And normally a high spot like that. I mean, look at Kalisto. When he had that high spot against the Usos where he did Selena Del Sol from one ladder onto the ladder, that's what got him the U.S. title, basically, was, hey, look, you put on a great great spot. Kevin Owens put on a great spot. Normally that moves you up. This seemed like almost a step down. Here's a theory. What happened when all the COVID outbreak happened? Kevin Owens, Kevin went, Owens home. went home. Now what's he done since he come back? Played second fiddle. 
I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to punish him, but it's always it's kind of the injury thing. It's like when they don't, you can't be formally counted on to be there week in week out because you might make the decision to go home because you're concerned for your family, which shouldn't be held above your head. But maybe that's where we find ourselves. That you know what in in this current storyline environment we find ourselves in. Kevin Owens, you know, we we'd love to have him, and he's a big part of our roster. But we don't really have anything big for him right now, so he's just going to be there. But if you're going to do that, then ultimately, what's the motivation for one Roman Reigns to return? Because Roman Reigns has come out and said he's worried about his family. He's doing this to because he has a small child at home. Kevin Owens does as well. Then if I'm Roman Reigns and I'm watching this, and even let's just say it's to be true, and it's rumored and the people in the back know, hey, Roman, I wouldn't come back if I were you. You're going to be a jobber, basically. I know Vince loves you, but he's a little he's upset. See, that's the thing, though. You're talking about Vince's golden boy and then Kevin Owens. We all love Kevin Owens. He's a great wrestler. He's very over with the fans. But we all know he's not Vince's favorite. I mean, he doesn't have... It's like you talked earlier about the body type thing, right? Does Kevin Owens have the fit body the body type? type? Have the look. Exactly. Whereas Roman Reigns has been shoved down our throats forever... I think Roman Reigns, it's much like when he had the suspension uh, with the uh, wellness violation a few years ago. There was a minor step back for him out of the title picture, but he was still majorly promoted because he's to, to them he's that important to the brand. I don't think they see Kevin Owens as that important to the brand, nor, I mean, are they that in favor of him. The final apology that I want, it was at the end of the WWE Championship match. One of the problems I had with this entire pay-per-view, every match just seemed like it fell short for the end of it. It seemed like the match was good all the way through. It just seemed like that match just abruptly ended. I'm okay with Drew McIntyre winning. I'm okay with the way that he won, with the nip-up. For to, I'm okay with that. But it just seemed like it was, as, as Dolph Ziggler was getting the heat, it was just, all right, it's done. It was like it was almost it was almost like a TV time limit was on it of just this is the TV championship three two one you got it okay he won I want an apology I think that's their way of they keep trying to get that Claymore kick over as you know very much like a sweet chin music and it Not, ain't working no no it's it's over as a finishing move I just think it's one of those things where you want it to be like okay it can come out of nowhere it's like the RKO it's like sweet chin music so. Even on he could be getting beaten down at any moment if he can manage to pull that off, boom. And so it was like the diamond cutter, you know, DDP. He could be, you know, he was a lot of times in peril because he was that baby face, that people's champion that would fight through pain and all that. And if no, man, the if Rock he caught the people's champion in the WWF, he was the people's champion of WCW was Diamond Dallas Page. And then it was Booker T later on. I don't know. They had multiple Booker, yeah, people's champions, they had several people's champions, but I mean. I, that didn't really bother me. I didn't, I didn't hate the stipulation either. I thought that was good heel heat for Dolph Ziggler. Um, but I don't know. And then the fact that we'll get a rematch of it. Chris is actually watching the replay on did TV. Did you see the same thing I did? Yes, it was actually in a display of something. So Chris kind of got perplexed. <laughs> it's much like my dog. When she hears a weird noise in the house, he made a similar fit. Huh? What's that, Shaggy? I, all I know is that I thought I was in the middle of the swamp and I was seeing things at the Wyatt. Uh, all right, that's where we're going to go to break. I'm just girl. saying it looked like two baseballs were coming out of the hand of Max Scherzer. 
WWE, you owe us some apologies, and I expect those in writing. You can send those to John Rad 450. I expect them sent here to Extra 106.3, where you're listening to The Finishing Move. When we come back, it's time for the go-home show. And for this go-home show, Chris, I want to know who should be your golden boy. We'll talk about that as we get ready to go home. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Go home! That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! All right, it's that time of the show. It is time for the Go Home Show. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Big John Radcliffe along with Chris Colwell. And Chris, reports are coming out. What? What I do? You know, I now now know what Matt Chernoff feels like working with Chuck Oliver. And yes, I just did compare myself to Matt Chernoff. (laughs) I just said that. Yeah. John Lanta? Uh, It's reports that are coming out. The WWE are trying to make Drew McIntyre into the new Roman Reigns. They want him to be the new Golden Boy. My question to you before we went to break, currently on the WWE active roster, a uh, SmackDown, NXT, or uh, Raw, who would be your Golden Boy? I actually don't hate that. I, I'm a big Drew McIntyre fan. I've been ever since he's been really. I liked him the first go around in WWE too, but his run in Impact Wrestling made me a big fan of his. Just you know, he's got some grit to him. He's got this the size that WWE likes, and he puts on really good matches. And to me, I don't hate that. So your pick is Drew McIntyre. My pick, I guess, at this point is Drew McIntyre. That's not a bad pick, and I'm not opposed to that. Uh, I think honestly, it is. Kind of long overdue. You're right. His run in Impact Wrestling uh, made him exponentially better. Um, but as I thought about this, and I could easily just be prisoner of the moment. But for me, my golden boy I picked was Keith Lee. And one of the reasons, not a bad one. One of the reasons why I picked Keith Lee. If you've seen the main event on Netflix, it's the movie that Keith Lee stars in. And just to watch him and his interaction and to hear his story, it is one of those moments that you're just kind of like, you know, I could actually see selling shirts for him. The Keith Lee action figure. Everything about him just seems like he, he he's pleasant and a decent person. Like, And don't get me wrong. That's not to say, you know, uh, like Brock Lesnar. Obviously, we know Brock was one of the golden boys. But Brock came off as the, as the heel he was supposed to. I think Keith Lee would be that person that... I'm not saying shove him down our throat, but from just the move sets, his size, everything about him, even like I said, his story out of the ring, he's someone that I would enjoy being the golden boy of the WWE. Yeah, no, Keith Lee is fantastic, and he's got a good personality. I, you know, even I, I don't think he's bad on the mic by any means. No, um, but I think even if he w- wasn't the best, he's got that charisma to him that sometimes you don't have to be the smoothest talk in the world just to have that kind of energy to you. See and- Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman Reigns has a more quiet charisma than... He's not the smoothest talker on the mic. He's one of the worst in the history of main eventers. I mean, you can't really... I mean, I think Goldberg might have been better than Roman Reigns on the mic, and we all know how good Goldberg was. (laughs) But again, another guy who... What did Goldberg have? He had a charisma to him that was different. It was just his intensity. I think Keith Lee's just got so much... He just got a cocky confidence to him that not in a bad way either. It's just... He's that kind of guy that people will kind of be magnetized to because he can do a lot of great things in the ring. And, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with that one either. And, obviously, WWE sees a lot of value in him based on how he was booked at Survivor Series and in the Royal Rumble. So, I wouldn't be surprised if down the road we see that. I mean, what's wrong with having two Golden Boys? 
Look, there's nothing wrong with it. Just don't ram them down our throat like you did with John Cena, like you did with Roman Reigns. Like they did with Stone Cold Steve Austin and John or uh, The Rock. Hey, look, you feel that way? That's the way you I'm feel. I'm just saying, they, when, when Vince when finds a guy you... and they push him, they push him to the moon, it just depends on whether we like them or not. That's the way you feel. That is your opinion. You're entitled to that. And you hang on to that because I want to bring that up next week. But for right now, I want to thank everyone that's listening. For Chris Colwell, I'm Big John Radcliffe. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake.